Hey guys, I am back from Mexico where I was celebrating my 30th birthday at the Grace Retreat with Donnie Epstein Thomas Droge, who is the guest on episode 13, Topaz, and so many other incredible people exploring how we can transform our lives through storytelling, through movement, through rhythm with Nacho Arimani, who is an incredible percussionist and musician and sound healer. And wow, this was definitely the most powerful trip I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of different retreats. One of the things I do is actually write reviews of retreats and I create videos that you can find on YouTube. I will be sharing a YouTube video, sharing my experience and sharing some takeaways that hopefully can impact your life as well. I am a changed woman. (laughs) I'm a transformed woman, I should say. Anyway, if you are new here, welcome. Some of you may be coming from the Biohack Your Beauty podcast, where me and my boyfriend and business partner, Eric, were featured as the crystal criminals talking about how to use crystals to live a more intentional life and manifest all the things that are important to you from beauty to prosperity to success, all the things. Check out Biohack Your Beauty podcast if this sounds interesting to you. Some of you may be coming from the Instagram post that Ruby Warrington of The Numinous did the other day. Very grateful for that. Welcome all of you here. Hopefully you will find all the inspiration you're looking for and also actionable tips from people who are into living a life that is conscious, that is spiritual, And at the same time, you like money and you want success and you want to, you know, be prosperous, not just in the spiritual world, but also in the material world. Why not have the best of both worlds? This week's guest is Florencia Friedman, the goddess of all things cacao. And you may already know I'm obsessed with cacao. I've talked about it in previous episodes. I love ceremony. I love ritual. And I think having rituals in our lives that give us physical access to our energetic selves, whether it's cacao or crystals or plants, whatever it is that brings you joy and makes you excited to take a pause out of your busy life and just connect to the things that are most important. I think it's wonderful. So cacao is one of those things for me. I have been drinking cacao ceremonially for a few months now, and it's had tremendous impact on both my personal life And I'm talking about my relationship with myself and with my boyfriend, as well as on my business. It's really allowed me to step more into my truth and my heart. And the launch of this podcast might not have happened when it happened unless I was drinking cacao. And in one of the Friday ceremonies that I go to at the Assemblage co-working space, I just claimed and I declared that I am starting a podcast. I'm called to do it and I'm no longer waiting. I'm doing it. I'll figure out the details. I'll go to Upwork. I'll hire an editor. All the things. According to Donnie Epstein, who was one of the leaders of the retreat, and he's Tony Robbins' healer, no big deal, I got to spend a lot of time with him in Mexico and learned a ton. One of the concepts is being energy rich. You can be either energy rich, energy neutral, or energy poor. And choosing to be energy rich means that you approach life with an attitude of, I can do this. I choose to do this. This is important to me. And the details will fall into place whenever it's time. But it's that clarity of your intention and speaking out out into the universe so that the universe matches that back to you. 
My guest Laurencia also loves Law of Attraction. We share that. She loves Abraham Hicks, who was one of my first introductions, if not the first one actually, to Law of Attraction. So we'll we'll be talking more about that in the episode. Florencia Friedman is a natural-born healer and self-empowerment artist working with the heart-opening therapies involving holistic nutrition, ceremonial-grade cacao, love it, yoga, sound journeys, and breathwork as instruments for transformation. Her curiosity to learn more about her roots and connection to the land brought her to the exploration of the sacred. Although her family is Mapuche, Florencia has found a strong calling to the Maya traditions and has felt a deep connection to the land of Guatemala, where she feels most at home. She has worked with Maya elders from Guatemala and studied at Las Piramides de Ca. How's that accent? A metaphysics training that dives deep into the consciousness of dreams and meditation. She has been also working with rebirthing, which is a breathing modality since the age of eight. Seriously, that's amazing. And then she's also done further training in her late teens and received yoga certification from Laughing Lotus. In 2016, Florencia and her brother started a distribution company known as Cacao Lab to bridge the gap between the modern culture and the indigenous communities. Her mission is to expand the hearts and minds of those who are ready to wake up. Let's get woke, shall we? Some of the things that we talk about in this episode are what is cacao ceremony and why cacao is considered the medicine of love, how it's different from the chocolate that you get in a store, and how drinking cacao ceremonially can impact your business. We don't actually share a recipe in the podcast itself, but there is an IGTV video on the Breakfast Criminals Instagram account where Florencia gives a live demo of how she makes her ceremonial cacao. It's very simple. I suggest if you're into it, go watch it. So we also talk about translating the divine guidance into actions in a successful business because it's one thing to go to a ceremony, get connected to your calling, have an awakening, but it's a totally different story to take that and to translate that into the modern world and into your everyday life and into a potential for making money and create an impact in the world. So Florencia shares her story about that. And we talk about so many other cool things like the Maya Cosmovision and astral projections and connecting to the dream world. Just keep listening. I know you're going to love this. Thanks for being here. And if you enjoy this episode, do leave a review, subscribe, and share it with your friends. All right, guys, I'm here with Florencia. We just had the most special cacao I've ever had. And hopefully she will tell you a little more about it. But I am just feeling so grounded and nourished right now with this little cacao ceremony we just had as we're holding our pink lemurian and quartz crystals from John of God. Yeah, I feel like since we're so open from the cacao, you can really feel the energy of the crystals. Mm. And it's such a beautiful combination of being so grounded, but then so open. Mm. So Florencia, what's making you feel woke right now? Definitely the openness for people with cacao. I find that a lot of people are really curious and really exploring it in a deeper level. So it's really inspiring me to continue walking this path. How did you get on the cacao path? So I I went to Guatemala a couple of years ago and I did a training on lucid dreaming and astral projection. Hold on. <laughs> Explain more. What are those things? That sounds incredible. 
I know it sounds like um, really intense, but it's actually really practical. A lot of us have these intense dreams where we feel like we're it's real, it's reality, and then we wake up and we realize that it was a dream. So lucid dreaming is just being awake and conscious in your dreams. And astral projection is really deep level of meditation where you allow yourself to journey within your meditation and become one with it. Hmm. So on a practical level, how do you actually practice astral projection and lucid dreaming in your life? Well, I find that there's a difference between doing and being. And for me, ever since I did this this course on lucid dreaming, I started being. So everything that I do is preparing me for the sleeping and the meditation. So clean diet, exercise, using, you know, medicinal plants like mugwort and damayana and blue lotus and cacao. All of these are really practical tools to then find the body being really relaxed, but the mind being awake. And that's the whole goal of lucid dreaming and astral projection. And so what does having the mind be awake open up for you? I find that I'm able to stay focused and understand when I'm meditating, getting clear messages and being able to absorb them. So sometimes, you know, when we're trying to meditate, the mind is having all these thoughts and it's hard to concentrate. And I find that all these tools are able to make the mind more clear, almost like a lake, right? When there's no waves, it's really still and you can really see your reflection. Mm. That's the thing about it. Like you said, just knowing that you have to do it will not make a difference. So it actually takes practicing it consistently and living that and being that. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I love the work that you do. It's, you know, it starts in the morning, the way that you start your journey, it's the way that the day is going to go. So setting a moment of stillness to really set a purpose for the day changes everything. Especially if it's with cacao. That's been my ritual. Anyway, so you were down in Guatemala, in Guatemala studying all these amazing things. And what was your first experience with cacao? So cacao is really used a lot in San Marcos de la Laguna. It's a small village in Guatemala. And I kept hearing about this chocolate drink that it's, you know, really allows you to tap into meditation. And actually it's used by a lot of indigenous communities down there. So while I was doing my course, uh, there was an elder my elder that did a ceremony for us and it was very still. He didn't talk a lot. He shared some of the traditions and how they use it in ceremony and, you know, set a fire for us and guided us through a meditation. And once we opened our eyes from the meditation, I remember looking at the stars and just feeling the sense of ease and nothing mattered at that moment. And I realized like, this is what it's like to live. And I wanted to bring more of that into everything that I did. So here I am. <laughs> Bringing it to so many people. Yeah. It's so how? what did you do once you realized, wow, I'm really connected to the cacao medicine. I want it in my life. You came back to, here to New York, right? Yeah. And what did you do? So I came back and I brought some cacao for my brother, who's now my business partner. And, you know, we grew up in Argentina in a small town that has tons of really, really good chocolate. So when I brought this cacao, the cacao, as you tasted it, it's kind of bitter, you know, and it's it's got a lot of depth. But for people that are used to that sweet chocolate, it was a lot to handle. So for it's not a Twix. Exactly. 
he just didn't understand the concept and did that break your heart a little bit absolutely i like totally let go of my dream i'm like okay that was totally an illusion and i kind of let that dream sleep for about a year and i went to south africa to visit a friend that did the training with me in guatemala and if the dream got reawoken we were drinking cacao almost every morning by the beach and you know we did a ceremony together and getting the goosebumps now just thinking about it it's it's amazing when that dream like gets connected with you again and you realize why you know you had it in the first place so when i came back i approached my brother and i told him i really needed his support in bringing this you know to the mainstream and a year and a half later here we are sharing it all over new york Wow. So just to give you guys context, Cacao Laboratory is Florencia's company. They sell both retail and wholesale, and Florencia leads cacao ceremonies all over the city. And what's the vision at this point with the company? Well, for me, the reason why I find cacao so magical is it's not just what it does for me and my community, and even seeing your growth has been incredible with the connection with cacao, but when I go back to Guatemala and I see the elders and I see how alive their traditions still are, is like, how can we bring that sense of ancient wisdom to this modern culture? And, you know, it's through sitting in ceremony and really drinking it together, but it's also educating the community. So it's the combination of education and also bringing the practical tools for people to incorporate it into their everyday life. That's definitely what success would be for me. So what when you say practical tools, what exactly does that look like? Because from experience, I can say that, you know, I've been drinking cacao, laboratory cacao every day now for a couple of months. And I noticed that when I have it in the morning, just as part of my latte, and I just make myself a mug, add some almond milk, blend it up and go to work, nothing really happens. But when I take even two minutes to set an intention to connect to my heart, to burn some Palo Santo or sage, and really be with the medicine and with the plant, something different happens. I feel like little tingling in my body. I feel more grounded. I feel more present. I feel like I feel after a longer meditation. So I'm curious, you know, how does it work? Why there's such stark contrast between actually creating the space and ceremony or just drinking it physically? It's such an interesting plant because we think that, you know, when we're drinking something that it's going to take us away. And cacao is the complete opposite. It's It doesn't do anything until we allow ourselves to be inviting in the energies. So on a physical level, yeah, it's opening up our blood vessels and it's getting the blood stimulated. So it's giving us energy. But it's also really relaxing and, you know, it relaxes the muscles, the joints, one of the richest foods of magnesium. So it has the physical components, but it's almost like you have to open that door and allow the cacao to be invited. And that's what happens when we set an intention and we set that moment of stillness. Then you can start really opening yourself up to the possibilities. And so, you know, cacao is often known as the medicine of love. And we either work from a fear-based reality or a love-based reality and I find that fear we see it as a negative thing but it's actually really important because we need to you know be cautious and and set certain boundaries but when we're living a fear-based reality we're almost limiting ourselves 
And when we really embody the essence of cacao, which is the love, it's tapping into the creative self and it's tapping to that expansive self. But again, we need to be open to the possibilities. So having studied with the elders, can you talk a little more about what happens on the physical level, like the blood vessels opening up and the magnesium and all these different elements working in the body. And then with that, what actually happens on an energetic level? Uh, well, cacao is known as the food of the gods. So for many of these communities, it's seen as a very sacred food. It's been used in ritual and ceremony since the beginning of time, often used around a fire. For them, the fire represents the connection to the source. So all those energies that are beyond what we can touch and we can label. And it's almost, again, like that doorway to open us up to connect with the spirit. Uh, the elder that I work with says that spirituality for them is speaking with the source, not speaking to it. And so it's almost like cacao allows you to connect and become one with this energy. So energetically is allowing us to connect to the dream world right? And that that space of imagination and creativity. And for them, the Mayas believe that when you die, you transcend into the inframundo, which is the underworld. And they believe that you fight a battle there. And if you win, you transcend into the heavens. So cacao has been used for them as a way of like a death ritual, like they usually get buried with the cacao next to them. So it has this very powerful symbolism, you know, to them to bring us to those higher energies. Hmm. Can you explain for those of you guys listening there who have not done a cacao ceremony and are curious about it, can you walk us through what a cacao ceremony actually looks like? Are there certain steps? Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a, again, complex medicine that it depends on who's facilitating how your experience will be. For me, I love to bring in the traditions around cacao and educating, you know, people on their on the wisdom that's behind the ancient traditions. So I always like to explain what's happening in the physical body and also understanding the history behind cacao. So there's usually about a 30-minute conversation that is happening while we're drinking the cacao. Always blessing it, like we said, is setting an intention is really important. So some people will invoke angels, some people invoke the four cardinal points. For me, the elements are really important. Again, they're very sacred, and although they're outside of us, I believe they're also within us. So embodying them really remind us to honor and respect our own essence. So usually that will go for about 30 minutes or so. And after that, we go through some breath work and some sound meditation. I find that sound is really allowing us again to connect deeper to the higher self and find that sense of ease. Hmm. And at the assemblage when we do it, and the reason why I love going to yoga class on every Friday is because we sit in a circle and like you said, you know, we spend some time talking and really connecting. And for me, that's one of the most sacred moments when we go around and instead of just going into it like you would in a yoga class, let's say, everyone actually has a chance to share what's going on. What are they manifesting? What are they going through? What are the challenges they're ready to let go of and what we're calling in? And I find that to be so powerful because immediately I drop everything that I've been running and rushing and doing and immediately I'm laser focused on what's important here right now. And the things I've manifested, I mean, 
coming to your ceremonies and doing cacao has impacted my business quite a bit. I remember when we just started, I was talking about my podcast and how I should and I'm getting ready. And then in one of the ceremonies, I just opened my eyes after the sound bath and I was just clear, okay, I'm doing this. I'm meant to do this. So it's interesting how for me, it's definitely connected me to my heart, to my creativity and to that courage of expressing my truth. I love that you say that because, again, that's tapping into the, the essence of unconditional love, right? And we find that that sounds so esoteric, and but it's reality. I mean, if we are so limiting and worry about what will happen, that's the reality that we're creating, right? It all starts with the thought. And when we can begin speaking from the heart, then we allow ourselves to move beyond ourselves, And the community, too, is really important. You know, mm. one ceremony can do a lot of magic, but when you show up again and again, the layers keep shedding and we keep expanding. So one of the things you also do in every ceremony is talk about Mayan Cosmovision and the Mayan calendar. Can you explain a little more about that? Yeah, so they have a couple of different calendars, but the Guatemalan calendar, the sacred calendar, has 260 days, which is really interesting because for them, along with cacao, the corn is something very sacred, and the calendar goes around the harvesting of the corn. So on one side, they have 20 nawales. There are 20 energies that move through the cosmos, and then there's 13 numbers that empower these energies. So one being the seed that we plant, and then 13 being the end of the cycle. And it's almost kind of like the moon cycle, right? We have the new moon and then the full moon. So today, for example, we are working with the energy of nine ach, and nine represents the human gestation, so the nine cycles of the moon. And it also represents the divine feminine. So I love the fact that we're here together, you know, sharing about such a beautiful feminine energy of cacao. And the energy of Ach, the Nawal Ach, represents leadership. And it's the type of leadership that is kind of hiding behind the scenes. So there's no one that's taking charge and it's not an ego-based leadership, but it's almost like a community-based support system. And it's also the strength and stability behind leadership. So I find that when you start working with some sort of guidance that's beyond the physical, you have so much more room to play and you feel that you're being guided. And we're no longer trying to control situations, but we surrender to beyond what we think is possible. How do you personally connect with that guidance? What are some of your rituals? It depends on the day of the, you know, what the Noel is. I usually will do certain things to, you know, work along with that. But every morning, I always like to set some time for myself. Uh, although it's really easy to just grab the phone right away, I try to stay away from it and at first drink a cup of cacao, set an intention for my day and really become aware of where I am emotionally. When we take this time to sit in stillness, we can really write our own story, right? So I always have some sort of positive affirmation that I listen to in the mornings. And even if I'm feeling a little moody, that usually gets me out of my head. Like Abraham Hicks? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you're Love listening. It. Yes. Love it. Abraham Hicks and Joe Dispenza have been a huge influence for me. Hmm. Anything specific? Usually meditations that they have on, on YouTube even, you know, usually 10 minutes will do it for me. 
And I also love to write affirmations and sometimes things that we're letting go of so we can, you know, create a clean slate, but then also rewrite our own story. Hmm. So I want to go back to the moment where you were with your friends in South Africa, reconnecting to the medicine, getting clear again that, okay, I'm meant to work with this. For me, a lot of the times I realize like I do a Kundalini meditation or I go on a meditation retreat and I'll get a very clear vision of what I want to do. And in the moment, it's so potent. It's so there. And I think, okay, I'm going to go back and definitely do this. And then I come back and I just get busy with other things and I don't follow through. And I find that whenever I'm connecting to my divine guidance, to that wisdom beyond me, it's important to follow through. Just getting it doesn't get me anywhere. So how did you, what did it take from you to really step into being this teacher and being this leader and telling your brother, yes, we are doing this. And how did you know that it's not just something that you're personally meant to work with, but it's something you're meant to bring to a lot of people? That's a great question. I feel like ceremonies have really helped me understand that it's not just about me. So when I'm holding ceremony, it's not like I'm teaching just opening the space and we're all each other's teachers. When we're going around, you know, we're all co-creating the experience. And I find that when I'm setting, you know, a new invitation for my life. So, you know, for example, Cacao Lab was one of those invitations. I made sure that I had other people holding me accountable. So it wasn't just up to me. I couldn't just let everyone fail. <laughs> I had to show up for not just myself, but everyone around me. And I think it's it's creating the environment for yourself. Who you surround yourself with really creates who you are. Mm-hmm. And then what's the balance between bringing such ancient, sacred wisdom and transferring it into the language of technology and social media and creating a brand and distribution and all the FDA approvals? Like, how do you find the balance between doing the more subtle energetic work and staying connected with the elders and actually getting shit done. <laughs> it's been a really crazy play, but that's why I'm so grateful for have done all this work in Guatemala. I felt like I did a lot of cleansing there and realized, you know, my brother and I did not get along until Cacao Lab came to life because he's very logic based and I'm all about, you know, pushing myself beyond my limits. And sometimes I'm a little too fearless. And so having him set this structure really allowed me the freedom. So I think it's, you know, trying things out and being okay with failing. I felt so many times and there's still moments where I'm like, oh, maybe I should have just stayed quiet about that one. But it's almost like when you're in that yoga class and you're trying that pose that and you fail and then you try it again and you're able to hold it it reminds me not to take everything so seriously so what's the biggest business lesson would you say you've learned so far mm, I think consistency definitely showing up again and again and being okay with failing so you know we've tried so many different things with cacao for the past year and a half we've tried opening a studio we've tried making drinks we tried blends and everybody was really supportive in the process because they understand that this is something very new and when we're creating something from a leadership perspective we're you know in the front line so there's nothing that 
you can go and fall back to to understand the structure. So we have to be okay with trying new things and get into that space of being uncomfortable. And how does the connection with the elders in the communities that you actually source cacao from, what is the structure of keeping that connection there? Well, it's a very different language. So for them, you know, they don't really use technology. Although I speak Spanish, there's all the, there's over 23 different dialects in Guatemala alone. So it's really just going there and spending time with them and getting to know, you know, for them, what nourishes them and how can we support them, but still allowing them to keep their, their culture and not get so wrapped up with technology and. And all that. So I think presence is definitely the biggest part. So if someone listening out there is not in the U.S. and doesn't have access to Cacao Lab, how would you say is the best way to go about sourcing cacao that's full integrity, high quality, and has that ceremonial aspect? Well, I think going to ceremonialists, you know, in their local areas is the best way. Just doing some research on who's holding cacao ceremonies and then talking to them directly, understanding where they're sourcing the cacao from, because there's so much out there. And although there's a lot of people doing beautiful work, there's still, you know, genetically modified cacao. And a lot of cacao nowadays has caffeine, you know, the cacao from South America and Africa usually has a lot of caffeine. And so that and the one from Guatemala doesn't, it's usually criollo, which is It has mostly theobromine as the active component. And that's how you find how it's like really balanced. And although you feel energized, you don't get so jittery like the caffeine. So how does caffeine end up in cacao? Is that genetically modified? No, there is. So theobromine is a t it's, comes from the same family as caffeine. So depending on the strain of cacao, uh, some of it can be more stimulating than others. So usually the ones that are in Central America, for some reason, are more, you know, relaxing and soothing. There's three main cacaos that are seen in the market. There's uh, Criollo, which is a native bean. There's Trinitario, which is a hybrid between Forestero, which is what you find in South America and Africa, what's mostly used in, in chocolate. And so those three are like what you'll see mainly. What you want to look for is the criollo, the native bean. Arriba Nacional is a really good one from Ecuador. But just getting to know where your sources are coming from. Like anything else, really. Exactly. And would you say that most ceremonialists, they also sell cacao? A lot of them do, yeah. Or they'll be able to guide you in the right direction. But I think it's important to get to know, just like we should try to get to know our farmers when we're getting our own vegetables. It's the same thing with, with cacao, because it's not about the flavoring of cacao, but it's more about what is the energy behind this bean. Mm. Did you have any idea growing up, let's say when you were 15, that you would be doing what you're doing today with this work? No, and it's it's crazy because my brother for me has been definitely my biggest teacher. And I remember when I was probably 18, he was just like, what do you want to do? And I knew that I wanted to empower people and I wanted to be an inspiration, but I was so terrified of being seen that I always was hiding away from, you know, from everything that I really desired. And I was actually previously married and I, that marriage kind of took me away into hiding from myself again. It was so much easier to just put all my energy into him And when I left, I realized that I was leaving because I wanted to take in my passion. 
And if I wanted others to be empowered, I really needed to be empowered myself. So here I am three years later. (laughs) So what did you do? It sounds like such a big thing and something I'm personally moving through now. It's, you know, that next level of really stepping out into the world as a leader, as a teacher, as a clear channel. It's scary. So I'm curious, what did you do to feel empowered and courageous and to just do it? You know, I feel like it was just taking the leap and getting my mind busy and other things because the fear is always going to be there. But when we can sit with it and understand that it's just an illusion, like everything else, we can choose what illusion to look at. And I find that sitting in ritual and sitting in ceremony, finding the support system from everyone that's showing up week after week, it keeps me empowered and it keeps me in my truth. But being okay, again, to fail is definitely the main component. What's the biggest misconception there is about cacao? Mm, The biggest misconception. A lot of people think that it will take you away somewhere. And oftentimes they'll come up to me and they're like, I didn't feel anything. But it's because they're not allowing themselves to open up. They don't realize that it's up to them to be taken there. And cacao is just there to support them. And what are some of the coolest stories you've heard of what has happened in people's lives, whether it's their personal health or their business, after really getting into the cacao work? I have one of my friends who started with cacao last October, and she started, she was on antidepressants. She came to me at a ceremony, stayed for like 10 minutes, and she's like, I have to go. And we were doing, I do a lot of events where we open with ceremony, and then we have different local artists that will play and perform. So that was one of those nights. And I just had this feeling that I needed to talk to her. So we sat down and she just started crying from the second that she sat down. And from that day on, she was showing up week after week. And she was on 300 milligrams of antidepressants. And now she's down to 100 milligrams of antidepressants. So it's not that cacao saved her life, but cacao really supported her to feel the fears and do things anyway. So not getting so blocked because of the external circumstances. And she does it every day at home or is it just a weekly ceremony? She now has started drinking it more often. I don't think she drinks it every day, but a couple of times a week. Mm. And you can definitely drink cacao every day. I do personally. I also know people that drink it a few times a week. And for them, that's still just as powerful. Mm. What about results and stories of what happened to people's entrepreneurship projects, creative projects and businesses? Well, besides mine. (laughs) Yeah, yours is definitely a beautiful one to watch. I think myself, I mean, with with Cacao Lab, just seeing how it started as a dream of being, you know, in the jungle and then now seeing myself, you know, bringing it to the mainstream, to office spaces and to yoga studios and being able to see that it's not just a spiritual thing, but it can actually be very practical. I also do ceremonies with two doctors who are good friends of mine. They started coming to my ceremonies and they're like, I need more of this. So we started doing work together and we brought it to NYU and sat with the toxicology department and did a ceremony for them. Wow. So to have doctors, you know, that are so logic based, again, see the magic behind cacao was really definitely a powerful experience. Wow. And while we were having cacao, you also mentioned that some therapists use cacao, right? Yeah. There's therapists that will also use cacao to 
you know, let people get into a meditative state and more of a relaxed state of mind and then be able to be more open and expressive. So cacao really allows you to step into your emotional self without getting so wrapped up in it. So you almost become an observer of your own reality. And when you're not so attached to your circumstances, you're not attached to outcomes. And I find that that is almost like the fearlessness that cacao creates. Mm. Can you have too much cacao? That's my personal concern. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely have too much cacao. So what happens? What we had today was about 30 grams. Full ceremonial dose is about 40 to 45 grams. If you are on any SSRIs, antidepressants, or low blood pressure medication, you can definitely get stomach aches or maybe get migraines. So it's always good to drink a lower dose, anywhere from like 25 to 30 grams, see how you feel, and then maybe have a little more. But yeah, you can definitely get migraines. I've had times where I definitely drink too much cacao, and then the next day I wake up and I feel like I have a hangover. (laughs) And so it creates dehydration in the body. So it's always important to drink a lot of water as well. Hmm. What are some things that you would say are good to mix cacao with? And what are some things you should avoid when you're making and experimenting with cacao? That's an awesome question. I would definitely stay away from caffeine. Cacao is very stimulating. So if you have caffeine with cacao, it Oops. could be really jittery. <laughs> have you have you been mixing it with caffeine? I, I've been off coffee for a couple of months, but the other day I was really craving some. So what I did is I took Rasa coffee, which is an herbal adaptogenic elixir. And I grinded some Rasa, probably proportion of like four to one with like the one was coffee. So I did just a little bit of coffee, a lot of herbs, and I used that as my liquid that I blended with cacao and it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, some people are totally fine. Like, you know, you get a little jittery, you might get really energized and some people can deal with that. I find that I'm already very energized. So cacao is definitely something that I like to do to keep me more balanced and more grounded while still getting stimulated. So I would... Personally, I like to stay away from caffeine and definitely no alcohol because cacao is getting straight into the bloodstream and getting blood flow moving. So it's good to definitely stay away from anything that will overly stimulate you. But maca is amazing with cacao. I love maca, damayana. Mugwort is really a beautiful herb to connect to your like deep levels of meditation and dream world. So if you're looking to get more conscious dreams, cacao and mugwort is an amazing combination. Hmm. And any adaptogens or any mushrooms like reishi or shaga are also incredible with cacao. Hmm. So let's think about a couple of years from now. Everything's going exactly the way you want it to with Cacao Lab and even better. What are you up to and what's happening with Cacao Lab in the world? One of the main reasons why I wanted to start cacao was to create a parallel system to what is already in the market and be able to empower these small communities and not just fund them, but really allow them to step into their power and their strength through creating products and, you know, also continuing to explore their, their spirituality and their ancient traditions. So for me, it would be having a level of education for a ceremonialist while still giving them all the tools that are necessary for them to play and allow themselves to go, again, beyond what they think is possible. 
So definitely having a product line will always be there and also creating resources for ceremonialists to be able to connect directly with these communities and get educated one-on-one scientifically, but also spiritually. So at that point, when everything is working like that, what are you actually doing? How are you spending your days? What's your dream life? I would love to be able to take these ceremonies to a bigger scale. So maybe doing, you know, a few times a year doing massive ceremonies where we're all collectively creating and awakening this unconditional love in in a ceremonial way. That's so cool. My first ceremony was actually in Bali, and that's exactly how it was. It was at the yoga barn for anyone who's been in Bali, and it was probably at least a hundred people. There was music, wow. the cacao was so delicious. And there was just so much joy. Everyone ends up singing and dancing and laughing and hugging. It felt like we were one big organism just moving together with the waves. And there's definitely such power in coming together as a community to do any kind of ceremony, especially cacao, because it's such a playful and joyful energy. I'm down for like a cacao flash mob in Central Park. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Life goals. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's, word. there's an incredible space when we all come together with cacao because it really allows us to open up and let go of like the judgment and we really just let the energy move through but I think it's also important like what are we doing when we're so open are we taking something home and I think that piece that I would love for people to take home is the honoring and respect not just for our land but also for these ancient traditions that continue to do the work even when we made it almost impossible for them okay so that was the woke part onto the wired part what role do you think technology and social media are going to play in you bringing that vision to life well we started doing virtual ceremonies for i travel a lot and i have friends all over the world so to be able to come together through ritual and ceremony even if it's virtually has been incredible so i would love to continue that and also just creating a platform and a support system for people You know, when they're starting to play with cacao and are feeling those questions coming to mind to have a, a place for them, you know, to connect and and feel that support behind them. Hmm. So what shape is that going to take? Is that going to be Facebook group or like an online community on your website? So we started now with a group. It's called Morning Rituals Cacao Ceremony, and that's a Facebook group for people that are just starting to incorporate it into their morning routine. But eventually I would love to have some sort of website and, and platform where people can ask questions, but also have different people in the field that are speaking about cacao scientifically, ritualistically, and all the things. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, so right now we do, once a year we do a retreat. It, it's not a retreat, it's more like a getaway um, at a farm in different parts of the world where we educate people on permaculture, but also on the ritual aspect of cacao. So I would love to be able to have that space physically and then also virtually, you know, on a larger scale. Gosh, the internet. Gotta love the internet. I've done one or two of those virtual ceremonies and it's amazing Even though, you know, the sound might not be perfect, you're not in person with these people around the world, but you can definitely tap into that energy and it's just so powerful. Yeah, and you can bring it wherever you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Some people were doing it from their office. I was doing it from my home office. It's amazing. So tell me more about 
your Instagram handle, Veggie Flow. So there's Cacao Laboratory on Instagram, which is the brand, but there's also your personal account that's Veggie Flow. What's the story behind that name? So I actually started doing raw foods when I was 16. I used to have psoriasis and I was able to regulate my psoriasis through foods. And so I did coaching for a while on wellness. I'm also a yoga instructor. So I tapped into all these different ways to connect ourselves to a lifestyle. I found that it was really hard as a teenager to find, you know, that moment of stillness and consistency and taking care of the self. So before cacao came into play, the way that I was empowering myself and those around me was through foods. So hence veggie flow. <laughs> Do you remember rewinding back in time? What was your first screen name? Oh, that's a great question. It was Solcito. Solcito means little sun. And it's funny because I'm pretty obsessed with my brother. He's definitely like a huge role model for me. And in the Nawales, the Maya Cosmovision, Akpu represents the sun. And so my brother's energy is Akpu. And my first screen name represents his energy. I didn't know that at the time, but yeah, the sun for me is a very precious. What is your energy according to my it, calendar? It's Tihash. And Tihash represents the hands-on warrior. And it's uh, the obsidian knife that cuts through negativity. And it's a hands-on healer for taking care of yourself energetically, but also physically. What is mine? Ooh, we have to look it up. I don't think we know this. I would love that. Yeah. Okay. I'll definitely send you the info and we can let them know (laughs) next time around. Because I've heard really crazy things about my birthday is August 11th. And apparently all the like intergalactic time travel experiments happen on that day because it's some sort of a time portal. Wow. Well, the Lion's Gate is on August 8th, and that's just a few days before yours. Hmm. But my birthday is August 2nd, both Leos. <laughs> I love Leo's that. Yes. Uh, what was your favorite computer game growing up? I think Tetris, which is really funny because I'm definitely not organized. <laughs> but I guess I should go back to that. <laughs> oh, wow. And what do you miss the most about growing up without social media? Hmm. Well, the thing is, I actually don't use a lot of social media now. I find that, you know, ceremonies take everyone away from their cell phones. And it's, it's such a precious gift to sit in ceremony all the time because people are really present. But I think it's having kids just be here. You know, when I hang out with my family, most of my little cousins are always on their iPhones and they're definitely like smarter than I am on technology, but I find that they're not very present. So definitely having like that eye contact. It's such a fine balance, especially as someone who does social media full time. I just have my moments when I get so deep into my ceremony and just really meditating. Like this past weekend, I was just on Instagram maybe, you know, once because it's important to take those moments to just for ourselves and for our nourishment and for our expansion. And, you know, often I have those callings to just like, okay, no phone, I'm going to go deep in, going to do my own work. And sometimes I can afford it. And sometimes I can't because I have business responsibilities. So you're actually inspiring me to create some sort of a system and a flow in my life where I do more things that invite me to completely switch off. 
That's amazing. I think it would be awesome to have like, you know, three hours of our day where we just block off all technology and see what happens. The whole planet. The whole planet. (laughs) Find the true moment of stillness. Yes. Like that day when everyone switches off the lights. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So is there anything else that you want to share that I haven't asked you about? I would love for people to know the three questions that the Mayas always ask themselves. I find that when I understood this, it really helped me with my purpose. A lot of people that that come to me, my favorite question to ask them is what's their passion? And most of our generation has no answer for that. And a lot of us know it, but we're so wrapped up in distractions that we forget. So the three questions that they always ask themselves is what are our roots? So where do we come from? Why are we here? As in our mothers and fathers and ancestors? Exactly. And I am not very much connected with my family in Argentina. So when I moved to the States, I moved with my mom and I blocked all of that because I wanted to fit in. How old were you? I was 11. My father's there and he's actually a quarter Mapuche, which is a tribe in, in Argentina, Argentina and Chile. And I blocked all of that. And because of that, I always felt a little unstable until I started working with cacao. And cacao helped me want to look into my roots and understand where I personally come from so I can understand myself better. And so their second question is, once we know where we come from, what are we doing here? What is our purpose? And once we understand our purpose, then we can know where we're going. So once you know that, it's like, what actions are you taking to manifest your purpose into this physical reality? Hmm. Any guidance on how to connect with that purpose? Just asking the question and making room for space to listen. I find that cacao has allowed me to listen more and just trust. And instead of trying to control everything, letting myself be guided and open myself to the possibilities. Mm, It's this beautiful state of the surrender into not having to figure it out and taking it step by step. And even if it doesn't make sense in the moment, just continuing to go with it and trusting the flow, trusting the veggie flow. (laughs) I love that reminder. Wow, this has been such an amazing conversation. I'm so inspired and I've been obsessed with cacao already and now I'm already, I've had two cacao ceremonies today and I'm already wanting a third one. So thank you so much, Florencia. You guys, if you want to connect with Cacao Lab or Florencia, where's the best way to connect with you? Definitely Instagram, Cacao Laboratory, or you can go on our website, cacaolaboratory.com and send us a message. We'd love to have you on our virtual ceremonies. So yeah, come and hang out and have some cacao. And guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please DM me, tag me in your screenshots of you listening to this. Let us know your takeaways. We'd love hearing from you. And thank you so much for being here with us.